Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm the host. And for the next few minutes, we're going to talk student ministry with a student minister. And that's pretty much all this podcast is about. That's why it's called simply the Student Ministry Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. And before we jump into today's conversation, we want to thank two of our sponsors, uh, our main two sponsors that have been with us for the last few episodes. First of all, WorkCamp NE. WorkCamp NE is a great organization that takes students on trips to reach people that are in need. That's basically it. They do home repair for for people that just can't afford it or can't do it themselves. We're actually on the fourth week of WorkCamp NE right now with our students, and we're going to have this conversation uh, with today's student minister on the trip. And uh, we just thanks so much for for WorkCamp NE's sponsorship. So if you you are looking for a a mission trip for your students for middle school and high school, make sure you check out WorkCampNE.com. We also want to thank uh, both the National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England for their sponsorship of the Student Ministry Podcast as well. If you're not connected to other youth ministers in your area, whether nationally or specifically in New England, make sure you check out National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England to find out more ways where you can connect with other youth workers in your area and, and just you know, be better together. So we want to just thank all of those, our sponsors. Um, this wouldn't happen without you. So thank you so much. And with that being said, today's conversation is with a fellow Steve, Steve Coddington. He is the youth director at the Christian Gospel Church in Worcester, Massachusetts. That's not Worcester, it's Worcester. Now that I'm in here in, in New England, I have to learn how to pronounce things right. So let's jump right on into that conversation with Steve. So, Steve, tell us a little bit about who you are, how God has, has brought you to this point in your life and your ministry so far. Sure. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on this podcast. I enjoyed listening to it. And, um, of course, those that are listening know that it's it's a really good podcast to listen to. Um, I appreciate all the, the simple and practical tips that people have been sharing. Uh, but my story, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian uh, home. My parents were Christians. I've been going to church uh, probably since a couple weeks after I was born, I'm sure. And I became a Christian at the age of five, but it really was in my junior high years that uh, God really started you know, working in my life. I, I really started allowing God to work in my life. And it was through the work of my youth workers and uh, had several different youth workers in my time and uh, was influenced by my brother, who was my youth pastor for a year. And uh, a couple other uh, key youth workers in my life, and, and that really kind of set the stage for me. Didn't really think I was going to be going into youth ministry. I was planning on doing accounting, and originally went to school for accounting classes, and then God totally changed my life, and uh, and I resisted and tried to go into retail, and and, uh, and God brought me back to youth ministry, and uh, so it's, it's been a fun story. Um, I've been working with teens and children for 17 years now, and, and uh, it's exciting. Each group of kids that I've worked with, uh, I just I love them. Um, so I'm currently the youth director at the Christian Gospel Church in Worcester, and it's a Chinese congregation. And that's a whole story in itself of how we got there. Um, but I've been in Massachusetts for the past 10 years, and um, 
you know, love connecting with other youth pastors. I'm uh, the national network uh, uh, central Massachusetts coordinator. I love what they do, uh, connecting youth workers to each other. And, and I, I believe it's highly important for us to, uh, to connect with one another because on our own, we are weak and we get attacked from every direction in the church, out of the church. And we need others uh, that are like-minded that, that understand what we're going through. And, and so that's been a passion of mine. And, um, you know, this, this past April, uh, several youth pastors in the central Massachusetts area came together and we put on uh, a youth pastor conference, youth worker conference, and, uh, and it was amazing. We love doing that. And now we're talking about our plans for next year. I love that kind of stuff. And... Um, teaching some courses at the New England Christian Studies Center in Auburn, uh, teaching a couple of youth ministry courses. I love that. And, and uh, I just love youth workers. So this stuff is great. And so I'm glad to be part of this. Cool. Cool. So you mentioned that you're, you're currently serving at a, Christ, uh, a Chinese church. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and what that ministry looks like. Um, I, for podcast listeners, maybe they, they don't know, but you're not Chinese. And so um, how does it, how is it working in that kind of ministry? What's it look like? And, you know, is it any different than any, you know, normal American, you know, church that you've been a part of? Yeah, there are, there are some differences, but at the end of the day, teenagers are teenagers and they, they have a lot of the same struggles um, that, you know, any other American student has, um, any other um, you know, Hispanic or, or a Caucasian or, or whatnot. And, um, yeah, and, and certainly there's some, some cultural things that are, that are going on. Um, but, uh, it seems that a lot of the Chinese churches are, are looking to hire somebody that is American born, uh, because a lot of, uh, a lot of Chinese churches are, are filled with Chinese adults that immigrated here. Uh, they're either, most of them, that I've known are, you know, first generation. And so the kids are growing up here in the U.S. And they've got this, their parents are a Chinese culture, but then the teens are growing up in an American culture. And so they're, they're basically like a mix. And so we, we call them third culture kids and, and they don't quite fit into either. Um, and they're actually both. And, and so, um, I guess the thought is that by bringing in a Caucasian youth pastor, that you know the combination of my Caucasianness and it's not a word, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it can well, be a word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, me me growing up in the American culture and the parents growing up in the Chinese culture. The the hope is that the combination of the two is the most beneficial for the teens. And uh, they're under a lot of pressure. These teens, um, they're they're pushed to succeed, and many of them thrive in that. They they welcome being pushed hard, and uh, it's just become part of who they are. And um, they want real meat. Uh, they they want really good teaching. They want to be challenged, and and uh, so I find that I'm playing less games. Uh, they still need the games, and sometimes they resist, but. Once we do a game, you know, their teenage self comes out. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's really good. It's enjoyable. I never thought I'd be doing this. Uh, I feel like I'm on the mission field. Um, I'm, I'm, our family, we're the only non Chinese family in our church. And uh, <laughs> so it feels like we show up to church and we're in another country. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, we'll be in conversations with people, talking in English, and halfway through, they'll start speaking in Mandarin. I don't speak Mandarin at all. Um, I can say watermelon, <laughs> and thank you. Um, and uh, and it, and sometimes I'm not sure if they even know what they're do that they're doing that, but um, it's just a reminder, um, you know, that I am on the mission field. And uh, so, cool. So you mentioned earlier this week to me that um, that your youth group and, and stuff meets on Friday nights because that kind of fits the the Chinese culture a little more and, and for family nights and things. Yeah. So so what's that look like in your church? Yeah. So our families are ridiculously busy. Uh, you know, there you know many people in the church they they've got really busy jobs and and uh, where they're traveling you know an hour or so every single day to and from work. Uh, oftentimes both parents are working and to try to do something in the middle of the week just doesn't work. And, and so, um, the youth ministry, it's not necessarily, it is necessarily actually the best time for my teens because during the week they're studying and to try to do something midweek just doesn't work for the teen schedule, but it also doesn't work for the parent's schedule. And so it works pretty well. And, um, and I, I find that, um, well, when I first got there, I was thinking, who does youth group on Friday night? That's like the most absurd thing, you know, because like there's football, there's movies always get released on Fridays. <laughs> you know, it's all these other things. You know, why would you why would teenagers come to church? But it works. And, um, and so I've had to shift uh, my thinking about when youth group should be. We've uh, you know, I've always had youth group some other day during the week, usually like Wednesday or Sunday night. Um but this works best uh, for our kids and for our families, and um, they all come together and, and they go their separate ways during the night. Uh, the adults do their stuff in Mandarin, and teens and children uh, have their ministries going on in English. Um, and it's the same way on Sunday morning. And so really, um, like I'm the youth director, but I really, my teens are a congregation to themselves. Mm. Um, so cool. so um on Sunday, so you have two main times you meet with the with the students on Sunday morning and, and Friday nights. Uh, would that those two things look like a typical like youth worship service on Sunday morning, and then a typical youth group on Friday nights, or is there anything different because of the the cultural difference? Um, yeah, well, Sunday morning is is definitely more of like a worship service. I, I because we're not their teens aren't they're not getting that. They're not in with the adults at all during the service. Once a month, we go up for communion. Um, and so that part of communion, communion will be done in English, but we'll sing songs in Mandarin. And the kids, um, they've been to Chinese school, but reading Chinese is very different than speaking Chinese. And, and they'll, you know, several have told me, we can't read that. You know, they see the words on the screen, but we have no idea what it is. Um, and sometimes like I, I know the tune to the song and so I'll sing it in English, but not so loud that it's disturbing people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, we, we do our service completely separate. And so Sunday morning, uh, the teens will come into the youth room. We'll have, um, I'll actually do a, a, an actual sermon to them or with them. Uh, we'll have a worship time. Uh, we'll do a scripture reading, and then uh, instead of having a normal Sunday school class, the teenagers actually help the children. Uh, we do a wana at our church, and, and we've broken that up, and we do our wana handbooks on Sunday morning. 
because uh, the children are downstairs for two and a half hours Sunday morning as well. So they've got Sunday school and then they've got children's church. And so oftentimes they look the same. So uh, we've taken the second half and we just do our one handbooks and uh, the teenagers serve and they do one on one or one on two, one on three, um, whatever you know the attendance is that week. And they help kids learn Bible verses and, and learn different doctrinal things. And uh, so we found that that works really well. And then we'll do a, a joint uh, celebration time where some of the children will share their verses that they learned. And, and, um, and then we'll do um, like a worship time as well. So, you know, just trying to fit in what is what's working. Hmm. That's cool. That's, I, I love the fact that you're you're getting the the teens with the the younger kids and stuff like building those relationships and letting them have influence over the younger ones and and just doing that multi generational stuff even within the the youth and the kids. Um, that's really cool. Uh, so you've had you think you said seventeen years of experience so yeah. far. So. I'm sure you've got some tips and, and things to share with people, bits of wisdom that you've gained over the years. You've got two or three that you like to share. So, Yeah, and, and I was telling you earlier, you know, I had like a list of like 20. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I went back and, and uh, listened to all the different podcasts again. I was able to, to check off different ones. And, uh, you know, there's, there's been some really good stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I love... Um, I love what Jake had said back in May about the personal soul care. Um, that's that's highly important, and and uh, uh, love what Meg had said in in June about building the relationship with the senior pastor. I think these are really important, um, and so uh, those would have been on my list, but they're not. Hmm. Um, but uh, the first thing on my list uh, would be professional development. Um, that we need to be continually as youth workers bettering ourselves uh, so that we can be better youth workers and you know such as like reading books listening to podcasts like this one that you're listening to right now um, those things are pretty easy um, we can do research so that we can be a, a quote-unquote expert um, in a certain area um, taking classes whether it's classes in youth ministry at like Gordon College or Gordon Conwell or you know or some of these other Bible colleges or seminaries, um, or taking classes in, in other areas, um, you know I'm currently taking some counseling courses and uh, and it's it's highly important, uh, highly useful, and um, no matter what I do, um, whether I become a counselor or not, uh, these these courses are helping me be a better youth pastor, and I'm able to. I find that I'm having better conversations with my students because I'm picking up on stuff mm. that I, you know, my first 15, 16 years of youth ministry, like I'd have conversations with kids and sometimes, you know, and you like you pick up on some stuff, but when you get into some of the counseling aspect, it's like, oh, that mm. makes more sense. And uh, I wish I had taken these classes sooner. Um, but yeah, taking classes, um, you'll find that that you'll make yourself a better youth worker. Uh, but you'll also prepare yourself for whatever future ministry you're in, because let's face it, we're not all going to be in the same place forever. Um, and you might be in the same church, but maybe you'll be in a different position in your church, and and maybe uh, your church will grow, and and you'll start having staff underneath you, and and you know learning how to to work with staff members is very helpful. Taking courses and and on you know leadership and leadership management and and stuff, um, but. 
uh, you never know what God is going to do uh, in the future. And, and by taking courses and reading books and stuff, any, anytime you can better yourself, uh, you're, you're going to make yourself more useful to your teens, to their parents, uh, to your congregation, and making yourself uh, more usable by God uh, for whatever he has for you. Yeah, that's excellent. So I, that's one of the things that I, I personally am, am looking to do more of here recently too. Because I was, you know, in Bible college and seminary, and loved my education. But over the years, I've, you know, I've realized, hey, I've, there's probably some new things that I need to learn. And mm. so, yeah, trying to pick up different podcasts and read books, and thinking about, you know, maybe en- enrolling in a class or two um, in the next year or so. Um, that's that's huge for for us youth workers to stay on top of our game. Yeah, and there's, um, you know, I know that there's InterVarsity Press um, does, they've got this booklet, um, it's a short book, and uh, I forget the name of it, but they have it, and uh, and it, it's like, a, sometimes it's hard to, to figure out what you want to read, and, and um, what InterVarsity had done, and I really appreciate this, is they, they had this book, and they basically gave a synopsis, like a two-page thing with some, with some questions, on like 30 different books. And it was just like a really cool thing. And I know that there's uh, the uh, Journal for Youth Ministry, American Youth Ministry Journal, um, I believe is what it's called. And they do something, you know, several times a year. Um, and they do similar things and they'll they'll do, um, they'll share some research that's applicable to, to youth ministers, to youth workers. Uh, and stuff like that makes our job so much easier. And of course, there's so many blogs on, online um, that you can you can find out so much stuff, and we just we need to to learn to continually be learners. So the second thing is, of course, I'm going to say this because I work for the National Network, but um, I think a, a second important thing is connect with a group of other youth workers. Uh, I found that uh, this is a time of encouragement. Uh, there have been so many times I've wanted to quit, and uh, you know I wouldn't say every week or every month, but. Uh, but certainly, you know, we've all had times where we've just wanted to give up, and 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 thankfully, I've had other youth workers that I've been able to talk to and and just share, like, you know, this this thing just happened. You know, I had this conversation with this parent. You know, I had this conversation with my pastor. Like, what in the world? You know, and and the, these men and women have been able to speak truth in my life and and been able to push me and and encourage me and and uh, and move me forward and and. I, I don't believe that I would be still in youth ministry if I didn't have others around me. Um, so, and uh, it's also a great way of support, um, which goes along with encouragement. Uh, but there's also uh, mutual mentoring that goes on that um, I can mentor others and they can mentor me. Um, you know, it's a great time that we can learn from each other. I've also found that it's a great way to share resources. You know, we're, we're always talking, you know, I just picked up this book. And, uh, you know, usually one of us will bring a book um, and, you know, I pull out my, my Amazon app on my phone and I scan the barcode. And I was okay, well, it's in, it's in my, my wish list. It's in my box. And, and at some point I might pick it up. But, uh, you know, it, it's, Amazon should be supporting this podcast because <laughs> I just gave them a shout out, right? That's true, yeah. Hashtag sponsored by Amazon. Yeah. Maybe we can get that happen. <laughs> um, but, you know, being able to share different books that we're reading, uh, sharing different games. Hey, I tried this game. You know, it really worked. I tried this game. It was horrible. <laughs> but maybe you can try it. And it might work in yours. You know, like 
um, yeah, just different kind of stuff, sharing things that, that we've been teaching. You know, we, we've taken series that each of us have taught and we've, you know, passed it off to another and, and some stuff that we've written, some stuff that we've bought. And, um, you know, that's what the church is about. It's about sharing resources. That's mm-hmm. what the early church did. And, and um, you know, you know we, are, we are definitely better together. And, and um, so... Uh, yeah, so that's the second thing, connecting with a group of other youth workers. Yeah, I, I totally agree, obviously, because it's, it's, it's huge. Um, I think I think for a long time, like in the church, it seems like actually youth ministers and youth ministry has been setting the bar, I think, for other areas of the church and other ministries of the church because there's a lot of children's workers that I know or senior pastors that I know, worship ministers that I know that don't connect with other you know, people in their areas of ministry. But I love the fact that the youth ministry world seems to easily come together. Um, and, and it's awesome because it sets an example for our students. Um, they realize, wow, we're, we're in this together. We're on the same team. We're worshiping the same God. We're promoting the same, you know, same savior. And, uh, it's really cool for them to see us working together and, and through our network and stuff, we've been able to work with other churches directly. We've done events together, um, things like work camp and things like that. Yeah. It's been really cool. And, and personally, when I was in college and seminary, I had so many people just pour into me. Um, but it gets harder when you're outside of those settings and you need other youth workers that can, you know, that, that mutual uh, mentorship that you talked about. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And, and I feel like it's almost, it's, it's almost in our DNA, uh, to, to connect with others. And, and we, we see this with our students, like they come and they've got their different groups of people that they're comfortable with. And we kind of, our job is to get them to connect with each other. And, and so it's like, it's just a natural thing. If we're trying to get other people to connect, we connect with others. And, and, um, and the unfortunate thing is I, I think a lot of times youth workers don't get support in their own church. And we've got so many expectations. We've got expectations from the teenagers. They expect us to be a certain way. They expect youth group to be a certain way. We've got expectations from the parents. We've got expectations from the senior pastor, from the elder board. We've got expectations from the janitor. We've got um, expectations from the congregation. And so, uh, you know, and then we've got our family expectations and, and our time expectations. And some of us are working other jobs and we've got those expectations. And it's like, how can we manage all this? And, and, and oftentimes we, we say, well, I don't have time to meet with other people. There's just not enough time. And, and for some of us, there, there isn't. But we've got to make time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what's going to keep us strong. Um, uh, two are better than one, and a bond of three chords is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important in youth ministry because we are in, in such a important, vital and difficult ministry, and, and uh, we're at it in we're working in the lives of, of young adults that are in very key times of their lives where they're making decisions that are going to put them on a trajectory for the rest of their lives. And, and uh, not that it's not a, a point of return, but um, if we can help give direction before they go, you know, on the wide road. Uh, you know, it, we we need to uh, we need to help them, and, and we can't do that by ourselves. Yeah, I've actually I, I wonder if all these you know youth workers that I've known that have have gotten burned out. I, I obviously it's impossible to know 
you know, the ifs and the, you know, the what ifs. But I wonder if they were connected to a network of other youth workers that are able to pour into their lives, maybe that could have prevented their burnout or or at least helped them through those times. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's, I think you can compare a youth worker not connecting with other youth workers. I think you can do the, uh, a similar train of thinking, a similar line of thinking of a Christian that is not regularly connected to a church mm. body. And, you know, if we're not connected, we're going to fall away mm. and uh, we're, we're not going to be strong. And um, I, I used to run uh, track and cross country. And, um, you know, I hated track because I was out there just running in circles by myself. <laughs> uh, but I loved cross country because it was a team thing. And, and, I always wanted to give up, always, because like I'm not disciplined. But when I've got a team of people around me that are pushing me and 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 I'm pushing back and and we're helping each other go and and that's that's what youth pastor networks are about. We keep cool. each other going. Yeah, totally. Any other tips? Uh, yeah, third one. Um, this is just a really practical one. Get a good tax person. <laughs> I cannot emphasize this enough. Um, and, you know, we, my wife and I, uh, we've been married for 14 years. And at, at one point we had uh, a, a tax guy in our church that works for one of those big companies. And, uh, and he offered to do taxes free for us. And we were thinking, great, we'll save some money because youth pastor salary, you know. And, uh, and like, we appreciated it. But there are some tax laws uh, about uh, that are applicable to churches that these people don't know, and you need to have somebody that knows specific church tax law. Um, just because somebody's able to do it free or really cheap for you doesn't mean anything helpful. Um, these these tax people that work for these big companies, uh, oftentimes they're working other jobs when it's not tax season, and um, and they're nice, kind people. Um, so if you're a tax person listening to this, I, I <laughs> hope you're a good one and I, I'm not trying to put you down, but, um, you know, church treasurers and accountants may not be doing things correctly. Uh, they might not be doing things completely legally when it comes to church taxes, uh, when it comes to a pastoral position, uh, and they might not be doing things, um, that are helpful. Uh, sometimes they do things that, uh, unintentionally that are harmful to us. Um, I just want to point out that not all W-2s are equal, even when it's the same salary. Um, we now have a tax guy. We've had him for several years now, um, and he knows church tax law. We were referred to him uh, by somebody who knows. I mean, he lives several hours from us, and, and uh, every single year that we've had him, he has gotten money back for us every single year. Um, and we pay him and we, we pay him what I think is a good amount. Um, and we've always gotten our money back more than what we've paid him. A, a good tax person is worth whatever you pay them because you'll get it back. And even the years that we were expecting to have to pay, like even several thousand, we've gotten money back because that's what a good tax person will do for you. Um, this is something that nobody talks about and, we have to be our own financial advocates because most churches don't have our financial interests or needs as their top priority. 
Well, that's a great tip and probably some something that I need to take into account myself. I think a lot of times I, yeah, I think like a lot of people, we just think, you know, of course they know what they're talking about. And I'm sure my, you know, our church treasurer is doing the best they can and everything is probably how it should be, but sometimes it's not. They could be, you know, overlooking things that they don't know a whole lot about. It's not necessarily their fault. They might just not be educated as, as much as they need to be on, on certain church tax laws and different things like that. And I, maybe I have been missing out <laughs> over the last few years. So I, it's a tip I'm going to take into account as well. So. Yeah. And, and church tax laws are changing all the time. And, and so uh, when you've got somebody that's dedicated to uh, to the to taxes, they know this stuff, and and oftentimes, it, especially in New England, church treasurers are are volunteers, and they're doing some other jobs, and and in some cases they don't know what they're doing, and um, I've been fortunate that I I've had some some accountants, uh, some treasurers uh, in my church that that knew what they were doing. Uh, it just happens that my accountant knows a little bit better. Cool. That's that's great stuff. Well, as I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the podcast, we are here at the fourth week this summer of WorkCamp NE. This is your first week ever coming to a WorkCamp trip, uh, Steve. So what do you think so far? Oh, I love it. Yeah, WorkCamp NE is, is amazing. I love uh, the, the focus. Um, it's not just the work, but there's also a spiritual focus. And uh, we've done mission trips with other groups and, and there's you know been pros and cons and um, you know, for example, one of my students that came this year that was also part of our trip last year, uh, when I asked him to compare the two, he said this one was by far so much better in almost every area. So uh, love it. And uh, if you can uh, get to a, a work camp, any trip, you should bring your kids because they're amazing. It will change your kids' lives. It also change the lives of the people that you are working with. Cool. So definitely check out WorkCampNE.com, one of our sponsors. And also be sure to check out the National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England, uh, both great organizations for getting you connected to other youth ministers and other youth workers in your area. Like we said, Steve works for uh, National Network. So great organizations, and we thank them so much for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Steve, and thanks for joining us at WorkCamp this week as well. Oh, I love this. I'm so glad that we were able to, to come this week and, and connect with you, and, and uh, I would definitely encourage you all to come to WorkCamp and join a national network. And uh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, God bless your ministry. All right, thanks, you too. And may God bless your ministry as well. We thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our sponsors' websites. That's WorkCampNE.com. You can go to YouthWorkers.net for the National Network of Youth Ministries. And you can also go to ReachYouthNE.com for Reach Youth New England. Thanks for all their sponsorship and thanks for you tuning in. If you like this, be sure to share with other people. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to leave a positive comment. If you have anybody that you'd like to see or hear on a future podcast, be sure to let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter at Steve Cullum. And also Steve Coddington wanted me to let you know he's not very active on social media or anything, but you can look him up on Facebook. We'll stick the link to his uh, profile in our show notes. Thanks so much for tuning in and may God bless your ministry.